Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. Here's your host, Randy Tobler. I want to try to remain optimistic. Uh, however, it, it needs to be said that right now, the leadership team of Senator Laughlin and Senator Rout are doing everything they can to move us away from uh, a, a resolution on these big red, you know, Republican issues. You know, they're they're threatening to remove us from chairmanships. They're threatening to remove us from committees as a way to try to silence us. No matter what they do, one, that's not going to silence us. And two, that's not going to move us any closer to resolution on these big red policy ideas. That was Senator Bill Igel yesterday on the Gary Nolan Show before Senator Caleb Rowden, President Pro Tem of the Missouri Senate, did exactly what Bill Igel said that you were threatening to do, Caleb Rowden, and he joins us now. Thank you very much for weighing in on this. I think many of us, Senator Rowden, are confused and dismayed, and boy, we'd sure like some clarity on what's going on, what happened yesterday, what motivated it, and what will it mean with getting these conservative issues done this year? Yeah, good to be with you guys. Um, you know, I think I, I said it a few times yesterday. I think yesterday was not not a response um, to one or two or three individual things. It was the response and a culmination of you know really what has been about five years of um, of these guys. A few small select um, individuals that have have really uh, the best way I could describe it is they 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 have they they intentionally tried to break the Missouri Senate. Just to claim that the game was rigged against them, right? It's 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 one of the only ways that they have, um, and particularly Senator Igel, the only way he has to get any sort of traction with anybody uh, in his gubernatorial campaign, which is clearly what this is all about. Um, he cares not about the Senate. He cares not actually about passing these issues. He they they have. Uh, we've had sixteen and a half hours. Uh, this was before yesterday, which added to this particular stat. We've had 16 hours, 16 and a half hours of floor debate in, in the Missouri Senate this year. Those guys have been holding the floor for 15 hours and 40 minutes. Mm. Um, so the notion that anyone other than uh, Bill Heigl and Denny Hoskins and Rick Bratton and a few others uh, are in charge of uh, or are responsible for us not getting um, you know to these big things, these conservative things, it's crazy, and we've got stats and statistics to, to, to back it up. So it's the culmination of, of uh, you know, just uh, um, years of, of disrespect towards colleagues, years of disrespect towards the Senate, and frankly, years of intentionally trying to break the Senate. And so, you know, we, we, we thought it was necessary to take action, and uh, we're hopeful that this will be the beginning of a movement toward um, working toward issues. Right? I've told everybody, I don't care if you have – um, disagreements with me on issues. If we filibuster in a, a piece of policy that I care about, that's what the Senate's all about. If you're hijacking the Senate to try to do Cindy O'Loughlin's job for her, or say you will only do this or nothing else will happen, well, when when you know 18 other members of your caucus say no, this is what happens, uh, and and they're going to have to learn a lesson here. Or this is going to be a really, really bad session for them, and it's not going to end the way that they think it's going to. So tell us what the issue... So now the issue... The issue has changed over time, but now the issue that you're blocking apparently is initiative petition reform. But we've heard that I think initiative petition reform got out of the Senate last year. What was the breakdown last year with initiative petition reform, and where is it now? We've heard there are 12 bills pending. Yeah, good question. So last year, the, the Senate passed a bill, the House passed a bill. The, the, the Senate's... 
version uh, was kind of a mixture of of two ideas: the, the raising of the threshold that it would take to to um, to pass a constitutional amendment, and a concurrent majority saying that you've got to get a simple majority in a majority of congressional districts. So our our bill kind of combined that. The, the House's bill, if I remember correctly, just had uh, the threshold. Uh, increase in it. And so like, like is the case on, you know, any number of things uh, in, in, in a normal session, the House and the Senate had disagreements. We got to conference. Um, and then at the end of session, you know, those guys, those guys blew the place up. Uh, they, they, they didn't like where, where things were headed. And so they stood in the way of a bunch of stuff. They stood in the way of property tax relief. They stood in the way of sports betting. They stood in the way of, of uh, IP reform getting done. Um, and that was their fault entirely. They held the floor. Anybody that goes back and, and, and listens, they held the floor for the better part of the last two days. So, so IP reform dying last year was, was a combination of just, a, you know, normal House and Senate disagreements and the conservative caucus, the chaos caucus, whoever they are, deciding that they were going to blow the place up. Uh, this year we have, yeah, a bunch of bills filed, uh, all the SJRs. They, uh, we, we were planning on referring those SJRs a week ago Monday, um, and they took the floor uh, and began this process that, that culminated in, in partly in what you saw yesterday and, and wouldn't let us even get to the, 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 the place where we could where I could refer, I get to refer the bills. I didn't even get there. I couldn't get there. I couldn't refer them if I wanted to because they held the floor for 15 hours and 45 minutes out of 16 and a half hours. So um, I have told them, uh, and, and the deal I told them last night, even after all of this went down, uh, the deal is still on the table. We want to get our slate of gubernatorial appointments, which is uh, um, where, where we were in the process when everything started to go crazy. Nobody special on there. My, a former senator colleague of mine, Dan Hageman, is a tremendous guy, is on there um, to, to go on the Highway Commission. All the rest of them are, you know, for the most part, volunteers who have just signed up to serve the state. And these guys are, are, are standing in, in front of them being confirmed. Uh, and if they don't let them go, then these people die forever and can never serve in any capacity ever again. It's one of the most childish, foolish um, things I've ever seen in the Senate. So my 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 uh, deal to them is if you let those slate that slate go, I'm going to refer every bill I've got, including every IP reform bill, education reform, tax reform, all the things that we want. Everything gets referred today. Uh, as long as they let those gubernatorial appointments go, and then we can get back to normal. We can go to committee and 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 let the process play out the way that it always. Do does. you anticipate that they will, in fact, approve those gubernatorial appointments? I mean, we'll see. I think you know that the, they have a habit. They've done this for the last five years because they're not very good at this. Uh, they they dig themselves halfway into a hole, and then they come to. They used to come to Dave Schatz and I, uh, or they come to Cindy Laughlin and I, and they ask us to fix their problem. Um, it's it's a it's a poorly concocted plan from the from the from the beginning of this. They decided to aim their fire at a group of of um, uh, you know civil servants, public servants that just want to figure out a way to serve their community in these boards and committees that are generally not a lot of fun and, and generally don't pay anything. Um, so they aimed their fire in the wrong direction and they looked like idiots in the process. If I'm being honest. Um, and and now they're trying to ask me uh, to to you know concoct some way to give them a win. Well. Here's the win. Everybody, I, you, you, you get what you want. I, I'll refer all these bills, which I was going to do anyway before they decided to stand up and make noise. Um, and we get our, our gubernatorial appointments, and, and that's what business as usual back to normal order looks like. So they have the opportunity to do that today and every day going forward. 
um, if, if they decide that, that, that they want to do the right thing for a change, then, then I will gladly get these IP bills referred. And my assumption is if they get referred today, the bills probably get heard at the beginning of next week. Uh, and, and we can you know get the ball rolling on some of these things that we care about. Senator, we appreciate you joining us. I have a question about Bill Eigel's comments afterwards, and I'll get to that in a moment. But a real quick question about what you said about the appointments. If Robert Nodell at DSS, Department of Social Services, and Paula Nicholson at Department of Health are on that list, are are you saying if they're not confirmed by the end of January, they they cannot serve, or how would that work with those two? Yeah, I mean, depending on depending on what the resolution is, if we aren't able to take action on them, then they will be banned for life. Uh, from serving in those roles if we if the governor were to withdraw them and that withdrawal was acceptable was accepted by the senate which is an action that we have to take separately uh then they could um you know the governor could reappoint them um and then we would have till the end of session uh, to get them done everything every appointment that happens in the interim has to be done by the end of january or 30 days after we get there every appointment that happens in session um, we have till the end of session to do, but if that happens, then they would no longer be able to serve um, in their capacities. Uh, if if he has to reappoint them during session, they would have to leave the leave the job and then leave those obviously very very important departments um, without a leader uh, in you know in the last year of, of a Parson administration, which I think is you know absolutely ludicrous um and 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 frankly i you know again i i think it's one of the more selfish um just not well thought out there's other words i could say but uh, one of the craziest things i've ever seen in the senate these guys have no clue what they're doing they don't know where to aim their fire they just they need to have an enemy um you know to help their politics and and on any given day they don't know who their enemy is and I want to follow up on that. That's great information. It's brand new. And I'm glad because we have a lot of people that work at DSS and, uh, yeah. and, and also, uh, Department of Health. So they'd be interested. They'd be interested in that. Senator Eigel did send me a statement after you removed him from his chairmanship. And I won't read the whole thing. It's a paragraph. People can read it, uh, obviously on, on his uh, website. But I, I'm going to read two sentences here. But this is, I, th- I think the most important thing to me of what he said here about his removal. Quote, Senator, Jefferson City, and this is Senator Bill Eigel speaking here, Jefferson City, quote, is ruled by a uniparty cartel of special interests, rhinos and Democrats who band together to crush the voice of the people. These are the same tactics the swamp uses against President Trump. They can strip me of my chairmanship. They can kick me off committees. They can drag my name through the mud. I am not backing down. They think this punishment will somehow uh, deter me, but I am freer now than I have ever been. I don't work for the swamp. End of quote. Senator, your response to that? Well, Bill Eigel is not Donald Trump. Uh, I know that for certain. Um, I, I think additionally, you know, the notion that you know, these guys love, they, they've started the Freedom Caucus, which is a national organization. They literally get calls daily uh, from people in Virginia that tell them what to do, tell them what actions to take, tell them to hold the floor or not hold the floor. If I, If that's not the swamp... I'm not sure what is, if I'm being honest. You know, the other thing is, um, you know, there, there's nothing that happened yesterday uh, that that won't allow us to continue to move forward if these guys will put their egos aside uh, and 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 actually be aimed and focused at the issues that we all want to get done. I said it to Senator Eigel on the floor yesterday. We are, if you, ninety-five percent of this is about process, right? And and he gets to try and decide. 
uh, he wants to try and make um, you know the, the, them out to be the martyrs in this situation, uh, and in doing so, they've killed uh, any number of really really important conservative policies over the last uh, number of years. And so, you know, there, there's a reason why every poll that's come out has him at four percent. It's it's because he's talking to the same people over and over again, uh, and the rest of the people either aren't listening or don't really think his message is is worth listening to. And so. You know, I, I think um, you know he, he can he can do whatever he wants to do. He has a, a tremendous power and prerogative as a senator to do any number of things. But the notion that uh, you know that I'm the one that's uh, and 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 our our side the ones the swamp when these guys are are taking their marching orders daily, you know, from from some outfit in, in D.C. I, I think is you know is is pretty swampy and and it's you know kind of par for the course what you've seen in in dc um you know matt gates removes kevin mccarthy you get mike johnson who i think is is a a really nice man and and doing the best job he possibly can but the outcomes that you're getting with this new speaker that these guys thought was um you know going to be the savior is the exact same as what you got with kevin mccarthy and that's what happens when you have a three three or four seat majority a democrat senate democrat president they, these guys aren't able to put anything in context and it's either because they are not intelligent enough to do it or they just don't care and they're willing to lie to voters on a day-to-day basis to help uh to tell, help uh, move a, a political narrative but it is hurting the republican party and our ability to tell voters everyday regular voters that go to work and come home and eat with their families Republicans can govern. And if we don't fix that, and if these guys don't allow that to be fixed, we're going to lose majorities everywhere, including at some point in Missouri. Well, there's Senator Caleb Rowden in the middle of a, uh, sadly, breaks your heart controversy in the uh, yeah. in the GOP side conference in the Missouri Senate. Hopefully, this will send strong messages, Caleb, and hopefully people will uh, come to their senses and get some things done. And I think now... Um, as I shared with the audience earlier, I mean, now I think the binoculars are clearly on the Republican side of the Senate to make sure that something does get done in the wake of these moves. Your uh, your assessment, just overall, rough picture, uh, 50-50 chance, 75-25 of getting IP reform, education choice, uh, you know, some tax reform. What's What's the chance of getting one or more of those done? I think everything's still possible. I mean, you know, percentages I've learned in the Senate don't do do me a tremendous amount of good, but I think everything's still possible. We refer all these if if we do get to refer all these bills today. Um, you know, we're we're early in the process still, and and Republicans agree on a vast majority of this stuff. So, you know, a p- part of this is trying to get the the bad actors out of the way uh, and and tell them, look, yep. you're either going to we share about yourself, or you're going to care about issues. All right. Well, thanks for taking a stand. We will, of course, listen to the other side coming up on the show next uh, week. We're going to have them on as well. Thank you very very much, Caleb. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right. There he is. When we come up, uh, come back. What's hot with Hannah? I don't know how it gets much hotter than what we just talked about. Let's see what's up her sleeve in just. A bit this is wake up mid-missouri get an exclusive look behind the scenes of the show by watching on youtube search wake up mid-missouri It's 727-ish, 5-ish, 6-ish. It's time for What's Hot with Hannah. Hi, Hannah, you'll excuse me for going late with Caleb, right? I mean, come on, we had to... Yeah, it's kind of a big day. That was pretty hot. So you get credit for part of Caleb Rowden's hot segment on your What's Hot with Hannah. How's that sound? Okay. Okay, good. I, I'm not sure John, how that works. makes sense but... to you, doesn't it? W- works for me. <laughs> now, Randy, I thought you might appreciate today's What's Hot with Hannah story because it involves uh, sperm donors. 
<laughs> oh. And, you know, in your line of work. Yes. You've got history with maybe not sperm. Okay. I, Wait a minute. Let's yeah, be careful here. I, <laughs> I have never donated. <laughs> yeah, sorry. But as I, part of he in, gave it the office. As part of infertility, <laughs> as part of infertility treatment, some couples opt for, for various reasons, and and current and other women who don't have partners will opt for sperm donation. Now, okay. yeah, so sorry, let's set, that, I, let's set that very straight there. I wasn't trying to listening. make it sound any other way. God forbid, if there were a bunch of little Randys running around, it would not be good for society. <laughs> there was a 24-year-old yeah. who has gone viral lately because she found out that she's got a pretty big family. Yeah, uh, she did the 23andMe sort of DNA ancestry test, the one where you, you know, swab your cheek, fill up a vial with some saliva, you mail it off, and several weeks later you get this report of your ancestry. Mm-hmm. They look at your DNA and if other, you know, familial relations have done the test, they can kind of link you to mm-hmm. other family members you might not have known about. This girl grew up thinking that she had one sister. And turns out she did not know that she was the product of an anonymous sperm donor. And over the last two years, she has found more than 200 half-siblings. Because this donor, I guess, has been very active. Yeah. (laughs) And I guess even though she's 24, uh, he's still donating or his donation is still out there. So it could be more than two hundred. How do you prevent infidelity? It's a small, small world, Hannah. How do you prevent like marrying your brother or sister in that circumstance? I, I don't know. You'd have to ask the Amish. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we'll be back with more on Wake Up Mid Missouri after this. Saying whatever we want. Wake up mid Missouri. on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on an active, active Wednesday morning. Wow, holy cow, it just seems like a fire hose of breaking news, uh, both locally, statewide, certainly, and on the international and national scene. We haven't talked much about the New Hampshire primary. We will do that before the uh, the hours are up. Stephanie Bell in with her. You you seem cold. Are you cold? It got cold in here all of a sudden. Yeah, you put on a jacket in the break. There, we have to turn on. Are they pay? Are you paying the heating bills, producer Hannah? <laughs> oh shoot! John, would you please make sure they're paying the heating bills at Zimmer? Did you do uh, duly noted. Thank you, Brian hey. Houseworth over there. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing fine. I agree with Stephanie. It is a, it is a little chillier. Well, you're this wearing morning. a short sleeve shirt well, for crying I, out I've loud. Got my, I've got my Mister Rogers, uh, Mister Rogers uh, sweater in the in the newsroom that I do have. Uh, we got to get that posted to the Facebook page. It's pretty epic. Yeah, that's it's something. It's from 1997, and it's still. It's <laughs> wonderful. It's keeping me a lovely day in the neighborhood. <laughs> here you don't throw away stuff, too. I'm wearing no. ties from the 90s still. Uh, exactly. well, you it know, depends on what it is, but no. yeah, absolutely. You guys, if you're cold, just go sit in the corner, because it's always 90 degrees there. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. Uh, joining us now, State Representative Cherie Tolson-Rice, uh, and uh, she has, uh, we want to talk about the Boone County property tax uh, freeze uh, issue, which I know is uh, hot on your plate, uh, Sheree, but also get your uh, your thoughts on what's going on in the Missouri Senate and uh, maybe a look ahead to the governor's speech today on the State of the State. Welcome to the program. 
Glad to be on, Randy. Thank you for inviting me. I can't be in the studio because I have to be at a committee meeting today in the Capitol this morning. Um, first, I was shocked when uh, the news release came out yesterday that the Boone County Commission has now finally suddenly decided to put this question on the April ballot. And I have a lot of problems with that. I sent out my own press release yesterday. Uh, I sent it to Brian Houseworth there. And, and there's a lot of problems with this. Their language says certain taxes whereas my ballot says all taxes. Mm -hmm. um, also, they've been against this um, in, in spirit in the fact that they're waiting on a dysfunctional uh, General Assembly to try to make improvements to it or clarifications to it. I am running on what we have now and what the current law is. I plan to continue to gather signatures. And uh, so anyone who hasn't signed mine yet, please contact me. We've got to get... Uh, tax relief for these seniors on fixed incomes. So the ballot language is very vague, uh, and I guess it would give a lot of uh, a lot of leeway to commissioners to decide how much or what particularly what district property tax may be to freeze and another one not to freeze. Is that was that what you're saying? Yeah, so to me, um, the commission is doing it backwards. Number one, it's the Nancy Pelosi, let's pass this bill, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do with it. Then they're going to have public comments and public hearings. Why didn't they have public comments and public hearings before they decided to put it on the ballot? Why did they put it on an April ballot when there's a low voter turnout and uh, it may get defeated? But I, I just don't, uh, they, when I, I sent an, uh, email to the county commission way back in August that what I was going to do and why, because they were too wishy-washy and couldn't make a decision, they could have done this last year. But the most important key here, Randy and listeners, is they do not have to put it before the voters, have an election expense. They can vote on their own. They were elected to do their job, and they're not voting to do it automatically. And I, I just am suspicious. I don't like it. And they don't like my bill because it says all taxing entities. Well, and I, I want to follow up on that. And you, you're correct. You did send me a release. I want to point out two things about what you said. This is a very fascinating issue. Number one, representative, to try to write a, a summary of, of what, what you're talking about. I guarantee it's going right over a lot of people's heads because it's very complicated. It is and it isn't, but because there's two things. To try to sum that up in a 15-second story is darn near impossible. It's very difficult to do. But I think the most important thing that we need to emphasize, yes, they want to put it on the on the April ballot, but that does not preclude you from working to get it on the August or November ballot. That will make it even more confusing. And so We could have two elections this year year on this correct and that's why i'm moving forward in fact my phone and emails have been blowing up thinking oh congrats Cherie, you got the commission to put it on the ballot and i'm like no they did this no public notice no public hearing uh they didn't even tell me they were doing it and i've been in full contact with them and open and transparent and they have not been transparent and i don't believe they're gonna do what people think they're going to do and what they think will happen is not going to happen has kip kendrick I, made I a public forward has kip kendrick made a public statement in response to this we need to get him on and see if he'll do that and find out All what's, what's I up. Saw was their press release 
Okay. Yeah, and, and I know I know we could get it. Randy. We should get him on. It'd be good. We'll do good that. To, we'll try to get him on. Okay. Um, they'll right. just be wishy washy and vague. They're not going to give you direct answers. So if people I want to ride the fence, and I'll tell you like it is. Yeah. Well, that's never been a problem of yours being wishy washy and vague. Uh, John Marsh has a question for you, Sheree. Well, Sharia, no, there was debate at the Capitol when this all this whole issue went through, and it eventually ended up as that Senate bill. That wasn't just seniors they talked about; it was everybody trying to freeze property taxes on folks, and that didn't get a little lot of traction, did it? No, and in fact, there's a lot of misinformation out there. People think you have to be on Social Security, and that is false. You have to be Social Security age. Age being the key word, eligible, which is 62. You know, a lot of people are not on Social Security at 62 or above. So they're worried, oh, well, this won't affect teachers' retirement or other pension retirements. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Okay. They want to read into it what they want to read. So if people, uh, if, if folks would like to sign your uh, initiative petition process, uh, how, how do they contact you? They can call my cell phone, 573-881-3885. My email is crice at aol.com. Um, I think I'm pretty easily found around Boone County, so yeah. I don't care if they want to come knock on my door at my house. Uh, clearly, Cherie, the Fisher has absolutely turned it into a, a chasm uh, between factions in the GOP and the Missouri Senate. Your thoughts on... What happened yesterday with, uh, boy, stripping of committee chairmanships reminds me of the old series Brandit, where they rip the star off of his sleeve and then taking away parking uh, spaces. I mean, is this going to be helpful or net-net hurtful to the cause? Hurtful. It is not helpful at all. I uh, listened to the entire press release uh, Senator Rowden gave, and then I heard the response from the three men that were kicked off committees. And uh, what disturbed me was Denny Hoskins said, they've never even talked to them. They've never sat down. We need uh, Senate leadership to get in a room, lock the door, and sit down with these people and work these things out. We are a supermajority, and we can't get Republican things done. I am so mad. We couldn't get IP reform done last year. We did in the House. We couldn't get education reform done in the Senate. We did in the House. It is so frustrating. We get our job done in the House to go die in the Senate. And we had a Boone County Republican Central Committee last night, and uh, it was proposed a person uh, is uh, going to write a letter to Senator Routing as a vote of no confidence from his own constituents of Boone County in his leadership abilities. But whose fault is it not getting the things done in the Senate? We just heard from Senator Rowden that, you know, they the conservative caucus blew up and held the floor of the Senate last year. And so he blames them. I think they blame him. In your opinion, is it? It's, it's both. They need to work it out. But again, look at people's ratings. If you're a Republican conservative, they even have a sign that's pledged to, that you will follow the Republican platform. And we have too many people in the House and the Senate that are not Republicans, do not talk like Republicans, and do not vote like Republicans. Look at people's voting records. Facts are facts. In fact, I texted Senator Rowden early yesterday morning. I had no idea this was going on. I had no idea what was going to happen yesterday. And I told him in my text, if we can't get IP reform done now, emphasis on now, we will have abortion in the Constitution, and it falls on his shoulders 
in his leadership position. He's the president. Let's get the job done. Now, okay, so, and I, I noticed you were talking about scorecards. I noticed AFP, Americans for Prosperity, put out some grades yesterday, and it didn't seem like all of the conservative caucus members were on that. So what scorecard do you want us to look at? So there's the American Conservative Union. Um, I tied for the second most conservative female in the House, or no, in the entire building. I've been in the top one or two for the last many years. But you can just, uh, there's another scorecard um, that's on my Facebook page. I can't think of the name of it. And again, you can see who your senator and representatives on conservative values, on conservative votes, where they landed now it's in black and white when they announced this new freedom caucus this year it was going to be members of the house and the senate and we that were going to join this caucus so is there any sort of formation of a freedom caucus in the house and is that something you're interested in joining or how do you see that playing out um i have heard secondhand there might be a few house members also aligned with the freedom caucus i am not been asked to be. I'm not a part of it. I, I can be my own person and let my voice and my vote speak for myself. What are your thoughts about the governor's speech today? I imagine they did some text rewrites overnight after what the goings on of yesterday. <laughs> can, can he be a bridge builder, a fence mender, or is it just going to be, let's just talk about my priorities and let the, let the kids play in the sandbox? I don't know what the governor's going to say or do, but um, I can tell you the budget is the most important thing. Uh, the governor's come out with his budget, the House, uh, where the budget actually originates. We started way back in December uh, before we even were back in session. And so depending on what the governor has to say today, uh, part of it may be thrown out the window and we may have to start from scratch. Uh, kudos to our uh, budget chairman, Cody Smith. Uh, he knows the numbers and he knows what money we have and and uh, that's the one thing by constitution is we must pass a balanced budget even if we can't do anything else and it looks like we maybe won't get anything else done again in the minute in the minute we have left uh, john marsh you had a question for Shree. Shree, and where do you think this is all going i know we we heard caleb rowden you know point the fingers and talk about people's languishing campaigns with Andrew Koenig running for treasurer and Hoskins and and Bill Eigel and all. I know he's right in the midst of it, too. I mean, Rowden's running for secretary of state. Do you see anything happening in this political year? Here's my wish for today. They can get the Senate confirmations done on all of those people that volunteer their time or work for state departments. Let's get them confirmed. Let's do their job and then move forward and extend an olive branch and sit down and talk to each other face to face, man to man or woman to woman. Let's get her done now. Okay. Well, I like the get-her-done attitude. Let's see if that can permeate through over to the Senate side, and then the governor sign what's passed and get some unanimity here. Sheree, as always, appreciate your authenticity and you your go-getter style. Thanks very, very much. Thank appreciate you. it. All right. Sheree Tolson-Reich. Wow. John? Sir? There's a lot of out-of-the-box stuff happening, but it's real life. I'm sure you've got some real life coming up. A history lesson. Fighting in the halls of government, nothing new under the sun. Ah, okay. Sounds like a biblical treatise to me. We'll see what's up John's sleeve in just a minute.
This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Words do matter when it comes to these guys. Welcome to Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And that would be all, except for this. Yeah, they're stirred up at the Missouri Senate. That's nothing new. On February 15th, 1798, Congressman Roger Griswold of Connecticut repeatedly struck Representative Matthew Lyon of Vermont with a cane, angered by the man's failure to expel Lyon for spitting tobacco juice at him. (laughs) Lyon defended himself with a pair of fireplace tongs, though the resolution to expel both men from the chamber had failed. One of the most famous acts of congressional violence, Representative Preston Brooks of South Carolina attacked Senator Charles Sumner of Massachusetts with a cane May 22, 1856, bloodying him and nearly killing him because of Sumner's anti-slavery crime against Kansas speech. Mm. And Congressman B1 Bob Dornan, member B1 Bob? Mm-hmm. Accused Representative Tom Downey grabbing him by the shoulder in 1985 after Dornan gave a speech calling him a draft dodging wimp. Dornan grabbed him by the collar of the shirt and said he was just straightening the knot in his tie so he could look elegant. <laughs> Dornan, the, Dornan, the same guy who called out fellow Republican Steve Gunderson a few years later, accusing him of having a quote, revolving door on his closet <laughs> now you know the rest of that story well you think or about stories you think about the mayhem that we see overseas you know in various uh you know eastern Bloc and other countries when they have their general assemblies i mean things fisticuffs breaking out and well i mean it's pretty active over in parliament too so there's there's precedent for legislative bodies getting active well, how about Andrew Jackson and his, you know, <laughs> well-known uh, pouncing on people and duels and everything else? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like we got to f- figure out a way to to settle this. And even among our business bros, I mean, weren't um, Elon and Mark Zuckerberg going to go to a cage fight or something? And there was a physical altercation last year, I think, where people had to be separated in the state capitol. I think it was in the hallway. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard some rumblings about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember once back in the day when Bob Griffin was House Speaker, came into the Speaker's office to uh, meet up with his son and go have lunch. And there were members of the Black Caucus in there, one of them holding an ice pack to his face in the outer office. And they'd gotten into it and tangled in the in the Speaker's office. And the House Speaker at the time was none too happy with his colleagues. <laughs> you know, we're getting a lot of activity on the text line at 573-874-9390. And first of all, even though we may disagree, and we may disagree vociferously, I'm, thank- I'm thankful people are weighing in. Vociferously. Vociferously. Vocabulary word for the day. Isn't that a good word for the day? Vociferously? No? What does it mean? Vigorously. Aggressively. Yeah. You got to dumb things down for me sometimes, Randy. No, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. I elevate you to the highest lofty levels. Now, but people are, I I think people are, everyone's struggling and none of us know what's going on in the discussions. I'm seeing texts that say, if Caleb would just sit down with people, you think Caleb hasn't tried to sit down? 
maybe Eigel and, and and company have a point that why maybe Cindy and Caleb need to crack the whip a little bit more on their so-called moderate colleagues and get things moving quicker. The I, thing I'd like to see, I though, don't know. is, you know, we are seeing a little bit from even from um, Senator Rowden and O'Loughlin, you know, you're the swamp creatures, you're yeah. the children. And like, if you're going to accuse them of name calling, then they've got to cut the name calling out, too. At the end of the day, my guess is that Cindy and Caleb have a very wide window of grace, as do I. But when that window is transgressed, oh, get out of the way. It ain't going to be pretty. Yeah, we're going to have to see. All right. Coming up top of the hour.